Stand clear. 100% wild podcast. So for all you listeners, hello and welcome to definitely not your favorite outdoor podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the 100% Wild Podcast brought to you by DeerCast. I'm joined by Mr. Matt Drury. You're Mr. Tim Chelsvik. Tim the Killer Chelsvik. I'm killing time. TKK. Just like the old Clint Black song, I kill time all turkey season. Yeah. So we're going to jump into kind of our turkey season updates. We've got a killer wild clip, a real wild clip this week that people need to stick around from. You know, people talk about coyote predation on deer and can a coyote really take down a deer? Well, stick around. Yeah, I've seen this one. I have actually seen this one this time. And it is crazy research, folks. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) We're real professionals. I don't even know. Maybe Scott sent it to me or showed me. It was crazy. We slacked it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so definitely stick around for that. The real wild world word is not the real wild word. Boy, the wildlife word. (laughs) You are all over the board. Well, after last show, with Ray, yeah, we toasted, right? Okay, you're still drunk. I'm still hungover. <laughs> that from happened that. a month ago. <laughs> well, through the magic of podcasting, I'm still drunk. <laughs> but it's medical. We're gonna get a little medical, and we're gonna be talking about turkey disease in the wildlife world. All right, cool. So we uh, this will be the last turkey oriented episode for the for the spring, and- unless I kill. In this last weekend, and then we're going to do a whole series on no, it. No, we're going to move on. <laughs> no that's one what, will ever know. That's what happened when I killed the safe buck. Like, we finished the dream season series, and I didn't get the episode in on the safe buck. It's like an also ran. Which, by the way, the taxidermist finally called me back. So this deer that I killed in November of 2021 yeah. finally finished. 21 or tw- Yeah, 21. Yeah. Wow. Hey, that's cool. I can't wait to bring him, bring him in, and we'll replace this giant buck with your safe buck, and we'll see what he looks like. Can we put it side by side? Mm-hmm. Let's do that. Let's add some insult well, to Well, what injury. we could do is like put all the euro amounts I have from my younger days here. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the safe buck will look huge. We could put them inside the spread on that buck. That's right. Uh, so we're going to recap a little bit of turkey season, our turkey seasons. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of a general BS session. And so far, all the feedback from the um, Longbeard Legend series was fantastic. So we yes. appreciate everybody watching, tuning in, listening. If you haven't seen those episodes yet, I know we're nearing the end of turkey season, but it's still worth a watch. And we, there's still some seasons that are coming in for people mm-hmm. on turkey, so I think you guys could get a kick out of it. The guests were unbelievable. It, it, it was really kind of a pinch, pinch us kind of a moment to have all these great guests on. I'm just happy to be a fly on the wall for those conversations, having Ray I kind of talk through all the memories that those guys, the experiences that, th- that those guys had together building the industry. And, and, and while you know it's fun to hear kind of the tactics as we walk through the five phases of the turkey season as Ray I saw it. It was also great to hear the the startup stories, the struggles that all those guys came through, and just the humility that they all have. See, Tim, our struggles, they're, they're going to pay off at some point. <laughs> well, they, someday we'll be looking back on this time and... Ha, ha, ha. Those kids... Those little pups. Yeah. Hey, so before we jump into the stories here, I wanted to bring to attention something Mossy Oak's doing. So last year they had the turkey stamp they launched yeah. uh, for conservation. I think they raised $100,000, I American thought, is what, yeah, is what yeah. I saw on their website, that they reinvested back into you know habitat programs and research. and research and those types of things. So they got a new stamp uh, for this year. And you could go to mossyoak.com and check it out and purchase it. It's I think it's fifteen dollars, uh, so really, really cheap in the scheme of things. But it's a 2023 wild turkey conservation stamp. Um, it's pretty neat. We have it right here. It's they're calling it Gamekeeper Grants, and that's what the money is going to. I know Daniel Hayes and and the guys over there uh, worked really hard to put this stuff together. So if you would go check out mossyoak.com, and uh, when you get the stamp in the mail, when you purchase it. It comes with a, a letter that describes what they did with, um, you know, last year's funds and uh, what they're kind of planning on doing here. So it's a, a letter from Toxie Hayes. Pretty cool. And I think um, they, you know, Mossy Oaks, they're talking, they always say they're the camo 
of conservation. Mm-hmm. And they really put their money where their mouth is. And they, they do a lot for the NWTF and Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and all kinds of, all kinds of different conservation um, uh, groups. So this is just one of their more recent efforts, and it's uh, around the wild turkey. So go check it out. I'm going to put in for one of those grants. Because I did my part by not killing a turkey. Yeah, that's right. They, they should be paying you. <laughs> yes, yes. But the, the, the stamp itself is really, really cool. It's, uh, it's a neat neat picture. I'm trying to think if they have who. It says Captain. Cap'n. Cap'n I like Hooks. that. Cap'n Hooks Gobblers. No, Cap'n Hooks Gobbler by Bob Tompkins. That's the artist. That's one of those cool things that would be cool to keep in your family, like as an heirloom piece, and you pass it down. Yeah, so last year I bought three of those, uh, one for Mark, one for Terry, one for myself. This year I bought three again for for each of us. So um, it is. It's one of those neat deals where, hey, at some point maybe you create you know, some sort of frame and have several mm-hmm. of them together. So yeah. anyways, that is the Moss Yoke Minute. Yeah. Wow. We start the show. Wow. I just made that up, Tim. Dang. You're not the only writer. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. I write in my mind. Uh, you do. All right. So let's let's go through. Let's do a little rewind here. Um, I'd like to start with Cam's hunt. Okay. Because that's like that's kind of a coming of age story. Yeah. So we we have a lease that we've talked about on here a ton that we killed a couple it's just loaded with turkeys mm-hmm. it's it's worth keeping it just because it's loaded with turkeys we've had our struggles with deer uh but the, the turkey hunting out there is awesome and so a few years back we doubled on opening day with me and uh, aaron bennett and myself um last year the landowner and his wife doubled uh, scott and i had a little trouble we had a bunch of jakes eight different jakes kept running Harassed. off these two long beers that we were trying to kill so we knew that this year was going to be probably pretty good so uh opening day was went well we'll we'll circle back to that but uh cameron during the youth season it was cold and windy we didn't have any luck it was coon dog came with us it was just a tough hunt because mm-hmm. i mean it was frigid temperatures yeah. and super windy you were out and, and and recall it was just a bad day to go the the next day was great but we couldn't hunt that day so you know we were looking forward to the missouri regular season to get back out there and try it again his mom would not let me take him out of school <laughs> because he's you know had a few days where he's missed this year it's mm-hmm. like no you're not taking him i'm like dang it because opening day i felt like would be almost automatic and uh so anyways we waited till the first Saturday of the Missouri season, and we went uh, we went back to the the lease that I'm talking about, and we set up in this. It's a box blind that we we don't have a platform for. Mm-hmm. So Doug, the landowner, had set it out with a skid steer right next to our clover plot. Like it's in a really good spot where historically the the turkey love to go into this field sure. strut. And, and if you're there long enough, you should see them crossing through this field at some point. And so our strategy was just kind of like. With him, you can't run a gun. We we have a bog pod that we bought and set the. I got a four ten shotgun mm-hmm. um, that we we had set up on it. We leading up to it, he's he's not shot guns a ton. He, he it was uh, you know Red Rider BB guns and that kind of stuff. Yeah. When we go to Dad's farm, like he loves shooting that kind of stuff. But an actual something with a little kick, he's never really had that experience, and he is a little bit smaller for his age. So I was worried about that leading up to that. So we started with the uh, Wildcat 22 from Winchester, and and that Wildcat is so fun to shoot. So he got. Acla, we, you know, I went down to mom and dad's, this is months ago, and dad kind of took him through, you know, the safety tips and procedures. And I've, you know, we've gone through all that, but it's always nice to have somebody that's not your dad telling you. So, so for Cameron, it sounds different. It it does. And, and and he knows that Papa Terry's kind of an authority in this field. So he, he was listening. Dad's really good for his impatient as he is and many other ways of life he is very good with kids and teaching them the safety and Mm. and just kind of what you how you aim and do all that stuff so i wanted dad to kind of be a part of that experience with us and we shot the 22 had fun popping balloons all that kind of stuff 
So then kind of weeks later, maybe even a month later, uh, I had the 410 ready. Scott uh, and I had shot it, and we, because I wanted to make sure I shot it to see just kind of what the kick was like. Yeah. Because you said that your 410 that Sophie has got a little punch. Got a little punch. It it has a synthetic mm -hmm. uh, uh, stock, right? Yeah. And so, so it's a little lighter. It's a little bit lighter. This was a wood. This is a wood uh, stock 410. Really pretty gun. And so I, anyways, I, we shot it, and it's like, no, oh, it doesn't really kick hardly at all. So. I felt good about it. We got the bog pod. We set Cameron up. And so that day when I, I went back to mom and dad's, they, they weren't there. So it was just me and Cameron. And I wanted him to get a very good uh, – he, he wanted to shoot the wildcat again. He, re, he was like, I don't really – you know, the noise and it's loud. And we had Walker's game ears and all that yeah. stuff. But it, it just – he was a little scared of the idea of shooting that – a shotgun, a real gun. And, mm -hmm. you know, even though the 22 is, it's something with a little more kick. Sure. The 410. So anyways, we shot the Wildcat for a long time. He shot great. He was shooting. I got a turkey target. So he's like aiming for the eyeball sniping. and all that. Yeah, yeah. you snipe him. So we go to shoot the shotgun. I set it up on the bog pod. I set him up on a little, like a ground blind chair, like one of those little triangle little chairs. Yeah. And right out of the gate, he, I had it on uneven ground, and as I'm getting the gun set up, the chair started leaning backwards, and he <laughs> fell backwards. And, you know, it was, like, almost over before uh, it started. He's like, I don't want to do this. Sour yeah, he's yeah. like, I don't want to do this. I'm like, <laughs> what are you buddy, doing to me? I, I promise, I'm sorry, we could stand up. So I re, kind of readjusted everything on the, the bog pod so he could stand up and mm -hmm. shoot, which is probably what we were going to be doing in the blind anyways. So dad error right out of the gate but we got it fixed and he's like i don't want to shoot it i was like i tell you what i'll shoot it so you can hear it you can be right next mm -hmm. to me backed up like 10 feet i was like no 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 come right next to me when i shoot and then you can hear and see yeah. it's not that bad so i did it he's like okay i'll try it and he shot great a little high a little left but in general shot really good we shot maybe three four shots okay. and and uh went on our way so i'm giving you a lot of backstory because i am very um I wrote this in the journal entry for his for his hunt. I'm pretty passionate about how you get a youth started in hunting from a standpoint of it has to be right for your family, your kid. Like he's eight. For a lot of people, they start at five or six. You know, if you live in the country mm -hmm. and you're around it a lot and you're shooting guns, and it's a little bit different. Yeah. You know, and I see like uh, Lee and Tiffany's sons out there, and and um, uh, Pat Nicole's son, you know, uh, Eric Boothin's kids. Mm -hmm. Like they're all we're younger, but they're all living that lifestyle a lot more than we are. As yeah, a family. different context. We're in the suburbs. You know, we're we're into sports. We're not really in the the kids aren't in the woods a lot. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I, I'm, I'm saying all this to kind of give you the backstory of the approach we took leading up to making sure he was comfortable to shoot the gun. Yeah. Fast forward to uh, the first Saturday of the Missouri season, and we get up, you know, we live about an hour from the lease. So I got up at, you know, 3, 3.30, woke him up at 4, got in the truck, you know, headed out there, and I got pulled over on the way out there because somebody was driving a little too fast <laughs> and the other area where i screwed up i was utilize i was thinking about the time that we got up and went out when it was oh you season you season well that was a month earlier whatever you know weeks earlier and i just didn't put two in, i didn't think about it about it changes how, quite a bit this time of year. yeah and so I'm speeding because I'm late, okay. <laughs> you know, and Scott's meeting us out there at the, the lease. And so we get pulled over and I'm like, crap, you know, this is going to take at least 10, balloons 15, out the window. Yeah, 10, 15 minutes. So I pull over, I turn the dome light on cause it's, you know, it's obviously it's still dark out and I want to make sure it's a very comfortable situation for the police officer. <laughs> yeah. So he walks up on Cameron's side on the passenger side and he sees Cameron, which I also kind of wanted to make sure he saw Cameron in there. And he, he I, I had my license ready and I said, you know, as soon as he walked up, I'm like, hey, man, I'm sorry about that because I was going very fast. And uh, he's like, oh, well, you did a good job of slowing down from 81 to 60 when you passed <laughs> me. And I was like, oh, I didn't even notice. In what, a 55? Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> 
Yep. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving <He> on. Gotcha. <laughs> so, so I apologize. Matt apologized. Let's move on. And, uh, uh, so I told him, I was like, hey, he goes, has he ever hunted before? I was like, well, we went for you season. It was really bad. You know, it was a bad experience from a weather standpoint. So I, I'm trying to get him out here early and give him a much better experience. He's like, all right, let me see your license. And he went back to his car and, and you know, I did a little video on Instagram. It's funny because I, I filmed the cherries in the rear view and I turn around to Cameron to get his, his thoughts. And he didn't say, all he said was, I'm telling mom, <laughs> like, you son of a You're gun. Busted. Yeah, yeah. Like just can't wait they loved, to, they to loved rat you out. Yeah. <laughs> so the police officer walks back up, hands me his license, my license. He goes, Hey, I'm gonna give you a warning. He goes, I remember my first turkey hunt. And I'm pretty sure my dad was probably speeding to get us out into the woods. And I thought that was such a cool, you know, give you a goosebumps kind of like, yeah. it was just such a nice thing for him to do. Especially because he had the senior record. <laughs> yeah. yeah <there's, laughs> this guy did not need a warning. He knows. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so he was very kind and generous. And uh, so he let us go and, and we, we pull away. And I told Cameron, I'm like, hey, man. That's uh, Mark and Terry, like we're all big believers in omens and like uh, uh, karma and, and those types of things. And like when something turns your way, it's, it means, hey, you're going to have a good hunt. They're yeah. into lucky songs and this and that, you know. So I told Cameron, I said, hey, man, that's he wished us good luck. I go, we're going to kill a turkey this morning. That's good luck. And Maybe uh, that's what I've been missing. Is you need to get pulled, pulled over, over, go speeding through <laughs> law enforcement and down 44 and see on <laughs> yeah. 44. You're going to need to go a little faster. Honey, it's about 90, do something a little different this morning. <laughs> no, I don't endorse that. So anyways, uh, we get to the farm. Scott's got everything ready for us to, to roll. We load up and we head out and we, I mean, it is the, the sun is like, as I pulled into the farm, hey. I'm like, man, it's starting to crack. We're late, late. And my whole plan was to be done off the roost because I thought we were going to be in on them and they were going to fly down and see the deeks and yeah. boom, be done early breakfast. So we get out there, we're putting out the decoys, we're doing all this and that. And it's kind of, we spooked three or four deer on the way in off the field, you know, never helps. And I just thought, man, if they were roosted here, no way they're flying in. And uh, so we sit there and make some calls, you know, that nothing's gobbling, not hearing anything. It's a calm morning. So I thought it's cold, but it's calm. Yeah. And I thought we were going to hear a ton of gobbling off the roost because the day before it was super windy. Nothing. So Cam falls asleep. It's like he fell asleep. He slept for like an hour and a half, you know, and Scott and I are continue to call a little bit and keep, you know, hey, or we're out here. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody this hear us? Something to do. Yeah. So we keep calling and I'm using a box call and switching to slate call and, you know, back and forth. And I got a Reconyx trail camera picture off of our front field of a Jake or what I thought was a Jake. Maybe he's just had beard rod or something. I don't know. And a long beard. Mm. And uh, that was at like a 715. And they were kind of headed in our direction, general direction. I was like, hey, that, this is maybe we'll see them here. So I just kept calling, you know, to just let them know we were over here. And there, that's probably three, 400 yards, probably 400 yards away. I don't know, something like that with a, you know, timber in between. And, um, out of nowhere, mm -hmm. rah, just hammer right out of nowhere. And so I look at Scott and Cameron's <laughs> still sleeping and I made a call double gobble. Bah, bah, rah, rah. And I was like, Holy cow. They're right. I, I peek out my window and they are, 20 yards from us Jeez. they popped out of the timber they it's amazing how they mm -hmm. locate mm -hmm. and and they knew where that sound was coming from and they popped out right next to us and so we're trying to wake cameron Can't i try shaking sleeping. him uh, scott tried hey bud get out you know we're we're scott grabbed his head like trying to w wiggle him around a little bit like get up get up Finally, I got him up, and he's he is out of it, you know. <laughs> yeah, an hour and a half sleeping. Yeah, I, and so uh, I'm like, bud, the turkeys are here. And then they gobble again. I was like, and he, you know, he kind of starts getting with it. So he stands up. I get his walker's game ear on him, and I think I made, like, one more call, and they gobble again. And I can see Scott and, and Cameron cannot see him because they're to my left out, out of the window, yeah. and we got covers and stuff up so that you can't. You know, they can't see in and they're strut full strut and they're pecking and they're kind of spitting and drumming. And so they fire up one more time. And that's when Cameron, I like it clicked and he looked over at me 
like he smiled and I could tell, okay, this is the whole experience I've been wanting. He's mm-hmm. not ever had. I've been yeah. wanting for him to hear the goblin, hear the spitting and drumming and experience this. So here it's happening. And, um, they spit and drum and they strut. They walk within a foot of the two feet of the blind. Like you could have grabbed them. And <laughs> I see him coming and I looked at Scott and I, my eyes got huge. Cause I'm like right here. Cause mm-hmm. I knew he couldn't see him yet. And they walked right in front of like, they could have, you know, uh, jumped up on the gun barrel <laughs> and strutted right in front of the blind. It's crazy. It's amazing how they lock in. But those avian X decoys, man, they locked in on them. Mm-hmm. And we had a HDR Jake and a, and a lay down hen, I think out. And uh, they, they commit right to it. And I knew that the problem was going to be that they were going to be too close to each other. And they were. And that for Cameron, he's shooting an open sight, you know, a 410. Yeah. Not a ton of experience, obviously. It's on a bog pod. I can't aim it for him. So he's got to. It's all him. It's all him. And when we set it up, I did aim it at the decoy. So it was generally in the yeah. right direction. But he was going to have to make the micro adjustments. And so I loosened up that bog pod, the head, the fluid head. And the gun kind of, you know, made a There's big a fine line there. Yeah. So it, it drops a lot and mm-hmm. rows a lot. I forget. And anyway, so we got it back in and he, he knows how to aim it. So he was kind of aiming and I just kept, all right, you, we're not going to shoot until you're ready to shoot. I'm you, if we don't kill anything, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. This is all just supposed to be fun. Cause I didn't want to put undue pressure on him yeah. and um and, and just make a, a bad situation i've seen i've seen a lot of hunts that have come in from our team mm-hmm. and with youth hunts and and this isn't a knock on anybody but it always to me seems like the dad takes over the hunt and it's all about mm-hmm. him shoot it yeah. they make bad decisions because the dad really wants the kid to kill something mm-hmm. and it's the excitement of the moment and i just I've always in my mind thought, we're not going to do that. No, yeah. you know, for years I've thought that. And so we got to the moment and here it was our opportunity. And I wanted to make sure it wasn't about Scott and I, it wasn't about the cameras. It wasn't about the company. It was about Cameron's moment. And if he has a good ethical shot. So you hear me say, wait, like 30 times. It seems like forever. It, it was, you know, like a minute, two minutes worth. And I, I and, and I'd say, all right, do you have them? You have to have them. You know, just and and because one had a long beard and the other didn't, mm-hmm. it did help us hone in on one specific animal. Yeah, and so I just kept saying, wait, you know, wait, wait, wait. All right, you got them. You know, because they'd free up for a second or they split up for a second. And I'm like, all right, when if you have them, he's like, I got them. And then they'd move close to each other again, and they're mm-hmm. circling, and the long beards, you know, like taking his wing and like hitting the decoy i mean it's a really How far cool out were the decoys from 15 the st- 15 steps i think okay. scott had it out there so close for a 410 we wanted it to be like within 20 and um but also because of the open sights you know yeah. i just wanted him to be able to be close enough to easily put the bead on the head of the turkey mm-hmm. so uh finally after like a bunch of me saying wait 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 okay no wait okay they they separated enough. I said, okay, if you got him, it, it's all on you. He's like, I got him. I said, all right, it's up to you. And he pulled the trigger, and he shot the the, the long beard was like a little bit behind our decoy, and he shot the beak off the decoy, and he spined the the <laughs> gobbler, but he drops right in his tracks. You know, perfect. so I, I couldn't – perfect, really. I mean, I couldn't be happier because he dropped because I was worried that – here's the other thing, like it's – I don't know how other people do it, but, you know, it's you season. It's his tag. I can't then take the gun and, follow you know, up. follow up. It's mm-hmm. just not. You can't do that. Well, this was regular season. Yeah, it was regular season, but and, – and I guess technically I could have because mm-hmm. I had a second tag, but I wasn't going to. Yeah. It was his turkey, you know, but I was prepared to run out there and – Do whatever it takes. <laughs> get on the ne- – you know, step on the neck real quick. But it wasn't – it wasn't one of those situations. He, he – he killed it right away. And uh, so we were really proud. I, I, Scott and I were very excited about what just happened because we knew the way that it played out, the footage, the, the way the, the turkeys went into the decoys, like it was just t- camp. He had great, Scott had great footage, yeah. a bunch of tact cams rolling, great tact cam footage of every angle. Like we had it covered. He produced the hell out of it. So we just Mm -hmm. knew it was awesome. So we're jacked up and Cameron's, you know, he's a low key kid. And so it wasn't, 
it wasn't like, ah, oh, you know, screaming or, you know, I'm the man kind of stuff. But, he, you know, you could tell that in his way he was excited. Sure. And as the day went on, he as he got to tell his mom, as he got to tell his puppetary and his cousins, and, you know, we brought the bird back to my house and, you know, showed everybody. All the victory and, lapping. Yeah, yeah, that's where he started to peacock a little bit, mm. and it was cool to see, you know, his confidence grow a little bit there. So that was the story. It was a very special, very neat moment for us. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. As you know, you've been a part of them. Yeah, yeah. Although with Sophie... We have not yet had a turkey hunt where she has immediately recovered her bird. So yeah. just as like the high of the highest of highs on Cam's hunt, so Sophie and I went out for opening morning of youth season, and it was super super windy. It was cold, um, and I didn't have a blind set up. Like we were going to go to the go to the farm in Bourbon and and just kind of listen and see. And then so I've got you know she can carry the buddy heater and her little bag of snacks. Yes. And you got I, everything else. Dad's got the decoys, <laughs> the blind, the cross, the crossbow. Cause that's a whole thing. She doesn't want to shoot a gun. It's not a principal thing. She's afraid of the sound of a gun, even with hearing protection, yeah. she's afraid of it. So she likes using the crossbow. And, uh, so she has never one time a Scott came and hunted with us and, and we had a, a long period walk in front of us and gobble, but it was in the cedars. Like she didn't get it. She yeah. has not had the full like turkey hunting experience. She's not seen the show. Yeah. Um, so I had high hopes, but it was stupid windy. So this this center pasture on this on this farm is always like a good central location for birds to come through, even if they're not roosted near there. The winds, I don't know, the winds were probably gusting at 30 miles an hour up there on top, but I found this little spot down in the center pasture where the wind was kind of just going over our, our heads and it was nice and almost calm. So I'm popping up, the, I've got one of those muddy VS360 blinds, which I'm super fast to set up and, and I'm getting it set up. She crawls in, I'm putting the decoys out, put the decoys out at like 10 steps and, uh, and we crawl in and immediately in the woods, probably 60, 70 nice. yards so just you're, you're to the them. west of us. And she looks at me and I look at her and like, okay, it's, gonna happen. it's game on. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, we're getting the camera set up and everything and, uh, and it's, it's still dark out. We had plenty of time and she, uh, pulled the blind windows down, kind of like we're open for business. Here we go. The sun's kind of pinkish over on the Eastern horizon. It's just beautiful. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and these birds are still gobbling. Then we hear them fly down, hit the ground. They're firing off again. There's at least two of them, maybe three over there. And there's a small creek in between us. So I said, okay, let's, you know, just get ready. This is, this is fun. Like, this is why we're doing it. And, um, and so I'm listening, I'm calling a little bit and, but then I'm hearing those birds walking away. <clears throat> and we're also hearing a few hens that are in that tree line. The hens go to the, the, the gobblers. Always ruin the fun. So, so we're sitting there, but it's still, it, the sun had not yet fully risen. It's still kind of that, that twilight time and uh and this long beard steps out of the tree line at probably 80 yards in front of us and i'm like sophie there's 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 a bird and she sees him and he's silent he just kind of starts sidling towards mm -hmm. us kind of making an angle and so i'm like okay get up get on the crossbow just just get ready and we'll wait for a good shot and, uh, and he starts kind of sidling across at an angle. Then he cuts, and I, I call to him again. But he still doesn't – he's still not talking. He's not strutted up. He's coming in all slick down. Mm -hmm. And and he gets to probably 20, uh, maybe 18 yards. And, and, she, and I'm like, are you on him? She's like, yeah, yeah, I'm on him. And she takes a shot, and I hear the thwack. And, and I'm you know filming everything. And a uh, bunch of feathers go flying. And the bird tries to jump up and and fly away, and it can't. Sure. And so it starts running towards the tree line again. So I zip open the blind. I still got the camera in my hands, and I take off running after it. But in the moment after she took the shot, I heard her whimper like she was crying because she was like so excited and nervous. Yeah. And and I thought, ah, I need like I don't want her to be yeah, alone. alone in the blind. Like Dad just took off running, left me alone here yeah. on the on the farm. Uh, so I, I take it because I was watching the bird as he was running, 
and I'm like, I can catch him. Like he's not going so fast that I can't catch him. And I, I turn around, look at her, and I look back at the tree line, and the bird is gone. So I wait for her to catch up to me, and we kind of jog over to the tree line. And I'm expecting to see the bird laying somewhere yeah. around in there, and I don't. And and so I, I do a quick little look into the woods. Because anytime a, a turkey runs on you, man, they just don't bleed out like a deer does. The, the feathers kind of <clears throat> mat the blood, and you can't blood trail them. Uh, usually you can find a few feathers. I found zero feathers. I didn't see the bird. I didn't see like a twig twisting or like I just saw no sign of it. So I'm like, all right, let's go back and look at the bolt and see what that looks like. And it was covered front to back with good organ blood. Huh. <clears throat> and uh, so I'm like, Sophie, this is a dead bird. It, we just got to find it. So I spent the next four hours. I probably covered four miles of thick briars and nasty stuff, crisscrossing back and forth, just desperate to find this turkey. That's tough. Because it's no longer like the prince, just the principle of finding an animal that you've wounded. It's also Sophie who is just kind of heartbroken waiting in the the wings for some good news. Yeah. And uh, and I I never found it. Where do you think when you looked at the video, where did she hit it? She hit it. I think a little far back, but still in the body cavity. Like it didn't have gut material on it. It had good red, so maybe like liver area. Uh, it was really good, but it was dark. It was dark blood, and and she was using uh, one of the one of the rage no collar chisel tips. Like that's a two three cut. Yeah, like it's, it's dead a, somewhere. It's a, it's a big cut on a on a on a bird. Um, so like I said, I I, I looked till probably noon. And she just kind of hung out in the truck because it was cold. It was windy. She was cold. And, and and I never found it. I went back that next weekend to the farm uh, to do some scouting, and I found that the remains of that, that turkey in the center pasture, probably 100 yards from where we shot it, and it was just completely ripped apart. I was able to salvage. I called uh, um, a conservation agent Barnes, asked for a salvage tag, uh, got that because he's like, He's like, do you know, are you positive it's her bird? I was like, well, I probably is, but I don't know for certain that this is her gobbler. Uh, he's like, well, I'll send you a salvage tag and, you know, make it legal. So yeah. I collected some feathers. I was hoping to find the beard, maybe the spurs. Yeah. Uh, the coyotes just did number. I brought some tail feathers home for her. At least we had some closure that, yes, it was a lethal shot. You killed your bird. I just hate the way that it turned sure. out. Archery hunting turkeys is so tough, man. I, you know, it's. You know, you, it can go either way a lot of times, mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter what. You know, it could have been a great hit like this or whatever, it's, and it's still – there's a lot that can can go sideways on you. Yeah, if they run, it's anybody's guess, yeah. especially – so I think that bird just hunkered down. Sure. Real tight, got himself up in a root wad or something yeah. and just hunkered down. Yeah. So well, that, that was, sucks for her, <laughs> you know, for you, but, you know, you hate it for her that because they, then they have kind of a negative – a negative experience, you know, because yeah. one of the things leading up to it that we talked about a lot is like, you know, is, does a turkey feel it when you shoot? Is it, you know, like they they really wonder about when you kill something, which they should. You mm-hmm. want them to wonder yeah, about it, that. It's ser- serious business when you yeah, take so, an animal's life. And that's, I hate it for her, but you said she, she went out with you a couple more times after that. Yeah, yeah. So, so we went out last weekend, and uh, we called a couple birds in right, right off the roost. They flew down, left their hens, came from like two hundred yards away. We're watching them, getting great footage. The whole like it's and they're strutting and they're spitting and drumming. They're coming in close, and I'm like, all right, take your shot, take your shot. And she's like, it, it doesn't work. It's not working. And we're having to whisper because the birds are right there. Yeah. And I'm dying inside, like, oh, what's not? Is it is this, is the crossbow not on? Because I I tried to get the 410 out to have her shoot it again, and yeah. she's like, I just can't. I just I'm I, I'm I'm afraid of it. I don't want to do it. Yeah. So so we took the the crossbow out, and uh, and what ended up happening was, after after the birds left, she was like, I couldn't see I the the and, and I think because she was kind of hunched over waiting because the crossbow was on the bog pod. 
I don't know if it was like just the morning dew and the mist in the air that kind of fogged up the the uh, the, the scope. scope, yeah, or if it was her kind of breathing hunched down it. and breathing near it. But she's like, I couldn't see anything. It was just a blur in there. So she got she got the full turkey show that which which was cool because the first bird she shot at and and, and hit came in slick down. She didn't get to see the big yeah, the big fantastic thing that turkey does. So so she got to see all that. So I feel like she keeps getting closer and closer and closer. It's gonna make yeah. it more special when it all happens. It'll be quite a story because yeah. she's been turkey hunting now for three or four years. Yeah. So yeah. she's definitely so I told her, I said, Sophie, in my mind, you are a real turkey hunter. You're getting up early, you're putting in the time, you're going through the lows. Yeah. Eventually it's gonna happen. And uh but but in the meantime, you're a turkey. Plus, she got to drive the truck on the farm, she found some morels. Yeah. It, it it was a fun trip overall, but yeah. still your heart breaks is you know, you hate to see your kids suffer or something uh, like that. I, I can't I think it was three or four years till I killed my first turkey of hunting with dad. And oh. I mean, it just, we, we back then had a tough time getting on animal, whether it was for whitetails or turkeys. It, it mm-hmm. was like five years till I killed my first deer. It was three years, five or six years. I mean, it was a long time of, of, of going to try to, to harvest something. And finally, and at that time they were starting the business. So it was always packing a camera and that added a sure. different element. Oh, Cause those cameras goodness. were gigantic. Yeah. And, uh, Finally, on my first turkey, it was raining. We were with uh, a family friend. His name's Bill Carl. He's since passed away, but we were on his family farm, and it was pouring down, raining. And they, we saw some gobblers or something in a pasture. And, and finally, Dad was like, "I hated the camera. I hated it because in my mind, I felt like it was preventing us from." having an opportunity wouldn't help him yeah and, and besides that you know as a 12 13 you know 11 10 whatever years old i hated the being on camera and um and i kind of sense that with my son cameron my daughter lola you know just loves loves everything about it just different personalities so anyways mm-hmm. i think you know finally dad was like ah screw it let's leave the camera in the truck and we belly crawled a couple hundred yards and popped up and you know, he, he float called in the back and uh, I was yeah. with Bill Carl and we, we, you know, harvested our first bird, it was like 25 pound bird, 11 inch beer. So it was awesome when it finally happened mm-hmm. and it was a cool experience. But finally it took dad saying, you know what, it's not about, let's get him a bird. Yeah. And sometimes that's, you know, that's, it was worth the wait, but sometimes the dad has to just say, "All right, we just we just need to go make it happen." Yeah. Well, hopefully Sophie will get okay with a shotgun, and that will open up a whole Do, new world. Does she shoot a twenty-two or anything like that? Is she? Shoot she your- shot my seventeen. So, uh, and and she's she's okay with that, and, and, she, and obviously we've got a little red rider. She likes shooting that. Um, it's funny because Bo loves shooting the four ten, and yeah. Bo's like half of her size. Yeah. But he just he loves the recoil. He loves the the <laughs> whole an experience. Animal. Yes, bow madness, hundred <laughs> percent. Well, that's that. Hopefully, you guys will still have some some luck here. <sighs> A little bit of time left, yep. so we'll see. Do you want to hop into the real wild clip, and then we can sure. touch on uh, the rest of our seasons? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, the real wild clip is brought to you by Silencer Central, and this is graphic. Oh boy. Graphic and violence. Rated R, huh? Here we go. All right. It's, it's someone's trail camera. It's over a little green field. And you see a doe standing out. Well, it, it, it's a mature whitetail yeah. sitting out there, standing out there in the field. And then this coyote comes in from stage left, charging it, chases it for a second, grabs it by the neck. Takes it down. Wrestles it down. Just, I mean, tears it apart. It's got its mouth, jaws clamped down on its neck. And the deer is kicking and rolling around trying to get up it's amazing to see the power of a coyote i mean it's you know it's you've they're not like they're huge it's not a wolf you know but the right. power to be able to first catch the deer then take it down by the neck i mean and then you just to i mean because you know the doe's got a ton of power oh, too yeah. yeah to be able to basically just sit there until it punctures its lungs or whatever it's doing its throat or whatever it's <laughs> so you know in my mind i always think yeah a pack of hunger a pack of coyotes yeah can probably coordinate and take down a mature deer but here you see like 
it's just like a light switch going off. This one coyote looks at one mature deer and decides I'm going to go after it. And, and how calm the coyote is about it. Like it's, it's business as usual. Pretty chilling. <laughs> really? Well, and think about how it appro- the coyote approaches the the doe there. Not even like full speed at b- the beginning. I mean, the doe was surprised that he decided yeah. to charge her. Yeah. So, uh, just another reminder of Mother Nature's can be pretty cruel. Like you know, to to non hunters out there that don't like the idea of hunting. I mean, you know, <laughs> what happens in the wild. It's far worse a lot of times. Well, hunting is happening in the wild whether yeah. we're out there or not. Yeah. Everything is hunting something else. Yeah, pretty pretty crazy, real wild clip of the week. Oh, that was wild. Weird, wild stuff. All right. Well, want to jump into opening day a little bit? Okay, so you don't have anything to share. <laughs> I'll just sit here quietly. All right, so opening day of the Missouri turkey season. Um I knew that our landowner on the lease was going to be out there with his wife. She's pregnant, Kate, uh, nine months pregnant, and they really she really wanted to kill with a turkey a baby. with a baby. Hmm. And um, every every year they're out on opening day, and they've doubled every year. All three years that I can that we've been there, they've doubled on opening day. So this turkey, it's a, just a great turkey farm, and there's a lot of birds on it. So um, I knew that we couldn't get out there at you know, roost time because I had to drop the kids off at school because Randa had to work early. And so I took the kids to school and the plan all along was to get there at like, you know, eight o'clock, eight thirty, whatever. And Scott and I have just a little bit of a later hunt. And so Doug and his wife, Kate, they hunted the front field where we had been getting a bunch of trail cam pictures of, mm-hmm. of turkeys. So they hunted there and uh, killed right off the roost. And there were three long beards that came in there. Uh, they killed two of them. One, so one, one still existed there. And I didn't know what our morning was going to be like. Cause obviously as, as we were heading out there, we already knew that they doubled. Yeah. But as far as intrusion goes, they're at the very front field on the property and it was pretty low, you know, just a half hour or whatever it took to kill off the roost and pretty low intrusion in general, didn't have to make a lot of calls. And so I, I knew there was a ton of turkeys there because the year before, like I said, that there was eight jakes and two longbeards left that we couldn't get, you know, we just couldn't get on. So the two longbeards. So I felt like there was going to be a decent group of turkeys. Uh, so we went out to the spot where this blind that Cameron ends up killing out of, we had put it out there for him for you season. Mm-hmm. It was in a great spot. So I'm like, screw it. Let's go. We're a little bit late. Let's go straight to that blind and, um, set up some decoys. Well, on our way, kind of driving back there on the tracker, I spotted three, uh, turkeys. I felt like, you know, uh, three gobblers. I couldn't tell they were on the kind of wood line there yeah. in the field and they didn't really run off. You know, you're talking a few hundred yards away, but they kind of started walking off. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe they're heading back to that field. If we can get on the other side of this kind of like this um, this ridge and get around them, set out some decoys, start making some calls, maybe they'll come in. So we did that. We jumped in the blind. We got our decoys out. We jumped in the blind. And Dad had told me the day before, he's like, hey, if they're by themselves and don't have any hens, he's like, you almost can't overcall at mm. this, as, as this point in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just keep hammering them. So I was using the box call. It was, it was, I think it was a little windy that much. So I was using the box call and we never saw, we never saw those three turkeys come in uh, a little bit later. I saw them on trail camera on a back, our backfield. So they had just kind of kept on the direction they were going instead of kind of coming back in that, okay. back, in that field we were on. So we just kept kind of calling, making a few calls and, um, I'm trying to remember, Oh, I know what it was. I was out of nowhere. Like every once in a while I'd call just to kind of remind anything out there that we're in this area. I pulled out my slate call from HS and made a few calls there because I had been using the box call. And maybe 10 minutes later, we heard a gobble. And I look one way, Scott looks another. And I was like, I think, I think it's over there. And <laughs> was I saw one of these. Like- yeah, it was <laughs> uh, opposite directions. And because we were just, we weren't expecting it. And I call. Uh, with that slate call and they, I look out and when they did that, they pop out of the timber, same same side of the timber that Cameron's birds popped out, but, but like several hundred yards down the field and they committed the four long beards. I put the loopholes up and all of them were long beards and they committed straight 
to us, came straight to the call-in okay. and, and decoys. And um, I think I might have made another call or two, but then just sat there and got ready because they mm -hmm. saw the decoys and committed to us. And so all four of these birds come in, and Scott's got all the tacticams rolling, and it's really convenient, those tacticams with the remote oh, yeah, system. Yeah. He hits the remote, and four or five cameras, six cameras turn on, whatever it is. And uh, they come right into the decoys, and they're doing their thing. All four of them are, like, you know, pushing each other out of the way, strutting, trying to get into that decoy setup. Yeah. And uh, so here again, we're in this situation where it's like, all right, I'm on the right, I'm on the left, I'm on the middle, I'm on the – they wouldn't separate. And finally, one separates, I, I grab that new 20-gauge. Mm -hmm. That that gun is sweet. I, pretty cool. I've done some stories with it. It's a Winchester SXP. It's a 50th anniversary NWTF anniversary edition gun. Mm -hmm. And this one that a bunch of us ordered in here, and I think Coondog, I know Mark and Terry all got one. It's got Bottomland camo on it, and then it's got the OD green. Mm -hmm. And it is a sweet-looking gun. Yeah. And I had never used a gun because when I first started turkey hunting, Mark and Terry started using red dots back then. And then, you know, when we jumped over to Nikon, I switched and started putting scopes on their guns, which I know is irregular for most turkey hunters. They just shoot open sights or a red dot or something like that. But for me, I had never shot anything but a red dot or a scope. Yeah. And this uh, gun, I got it in and didn't have a chance to put anything on it yet. So it was open sights, which was the first time I had ever shot an open sight gun <laughs> at anything. I mean, I've done clay pigeons and stuff like that, but yeah. otherwise, I've we just have always had scopes on everything, our red dot. So, anyways, these turkeys come in, probably twenty yards of the decoys, finally get a shot, pull the trigger, bang, drop a turkey, and then they stick around like a lot of times they will. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, they're going to flog this turkey, and uh, Scott. I tried handing him the gun. I in the in my haste, I kind of jammed it, uh, <laughs> trying to you know jack another shell yeah. in, and and so I set that down because we also have my 12 gauge SXP or no uh, SX3, I think it was, and he picks that up, and you know we wait another 30 seconds. He waits till they you know separate, yeah. and boom, he drops his. We got it on camera opening or opening day double at like Jeez. we were there for maybe an hour, <laughs> you know, and it was not wow. traditional because we weren't there you know early on. We didn't have to wake up super early, 3 a.m. It was like it was really kind of nice. Be better, yeah. <laughs> we so we were walking in tall cotton because we felt like <laughs> we, were, do it, folks. we were we were peacocking and and i'm a shitty caller and i'll be the first to admit it and trying to learn you know when you go with mark and terry so much growing up i never got a chance to call sure uh so in the last couple of years just like the deer hunting as trying to learn all this stuff and do it for myself the turkey hunting's been a last year was really the first year where i was calling a lot on my own mm -hmm. you know without somebody else and scott was was too but um this was the first time we had ever killed, I had ever killed anything calling a bird in. Yeah. And so that felt pretty good. Um, and I know I'm too, too old to be saying that kind of stuff, but it's just the reality of it. I've always been with good callers, a coon dog or a Chris Comstock yeah. or, you know, somebody true, like that. True. Also, there are people who are coming to turkey hunting for the first time as adults. And so like uh, there are other people that are having these experiences and it's kind of like, like like the path to becoming a Jedi, you know, yeah. like when you call a bird in, especially if you're using a mouth call, that's, there's just so, there's so many components to turkey hunting that like, okay, I killed one out of a blind. Maybe next year I'll, I'll kill one sitting at the base yeah. of a tree. And yeah. We had, I had the mouth call in and because I know, you know, from being on all these hunts with the guys that once they got in, you know, Scott's filming, he's not going to have a free hand. I got the gun up. I'm not yeah. going to have a free hand, but my preference is to use a, a friction, you know, slate or a box call to get them in. Mm -hmm. But I knew that if they got in, I might have to mouth call. Yeah. And I've practiced, you know, I, I'm okay enough to, I think, elicit a response. Uh, but what I noticed was I had my face mask up. I had the finisher series, mm -hmm. you know, from blocker outdoors and I couldn't, I got a big giant fat head. So <laughs> I couldn't hardly move my mouth. It's different. With it that, different. Cause yeah. they, they got the, it's like a neck gator, uh -huh. you know, for, for the face covering. And uh, I was having trouble. I did make a couple calls, but they didn't. I mean, they didn't really do. They didn't even really respond to it. But I did make some calls. But I'm like, shit, I can't hardly make the right. You realize that once it's on the jaw, you, I didn't have the ability to move my jaw like I needed uh -huh. to. Anyways, but it, it was a cool experience. And after 2022 sucking so bad for us between turkey and deer season, 
it felt really good. Opening day, our Monkeys first opportunity for 23. Like, hey, we turned the page. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go have us a year. And so it was a real, I think, sense of pride for both of us that we, okay, we don't suck. <laughs> Well-deserved. You guys definitely put the time in. So it was a fun, very fun hunt, very quick hunt. But, you know, it's one of those things where – it just was a neat, neat experience. Heck yeah. So better than sticking it out till one o'clock and then just being tired, <sighs> tired from being, from just sitting around. Right. It's amazing how hard it is just to sit around. Well, so Friday, this past Friday, so Scott and I both tagged a bird. We got Cameron a bird, which was really our only goal anyways. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Scott's been very, you know, very great to help us out and go on a Saturday to help with Cameron and all sure. that stuff. But, um, I, I was, we wanted to go to our new property, the the new farm that I bought and try it out. And I got a lease next to that. So I wanted to try that out at some point. Yeah. And I, there are turkeys up there, but I just didn't know. Yeah. I really don't have much Intel, mm-hmm. uh, but it's so far away. It's like an hour and a half hour and 45 minutes from my house. Thanks for early, early morning. So our plan was, I'm like, screw it. I said, Hey, we already killed a bird. Like, let's just get up there normal time, eight o'clock, you know, seven thirty, eight o'clock and just see how the rest of the day, we don't even know what kind of birds we got up there. Yeah. Well, so I ended up, I was talking to Adam Wainwright and he was off because he's been rehabbing and he was between starts and the minors. So he's a, a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. So we started talking and, and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm going tomorrow. Do you want to go? And he's like, what time? I was like, I, whenever, I don't really care, you know? And, uh, he's like, yeah, I, I guess. And, I talked to Aaron Bennett, who we have hunted with Adam several times before turkey hunting. We never have killed, we've never gotten him on a bird, ever. And so I told Aaron, and he's like, hey, wait, and I'll, I'll, I got a few properties up there, or clients up there, I might be able to get us access to some more dirt. Nice. So he got us access to, because I, I have 93 acres, and um, uh, I have a lease that's like 160 acres in that area. Okay. And so... Um, I, I was perfectly content with that, but Aaron's like, no, I, I got, I think I can find a spot. He got a spot that was 600 acres, a landowner that was gracious enough to allow us to come hunt. Yeah. That's, you know, but it's, it's up there. It's an hour and 45 minutes away. So he's like, I, I told him, I was like, yeah, I, I don't want to, you know, we're not going to get up that early. He's like, if you want to kill Adam to kill a bird, we need to be there mm. at, you know, roost time. Yeah. I was like, shit, man. Okay. So I, I texted Adam and I was like, what do you think? He's like, I go, I, I had said four o'clock or I'd pick him up at four o'clock. And, uh, he's like four. Oh man. He's just like, okay, okay. Screw it. Let's do it. And, uh, I was like, all right, I got to get up at like two 30 to go. You know, he lives out, you know, 35, 40 minutes from me. Okay. I'm, I'm way the hell out there. So anyways, I woke up at like two 20. I just couldn't <laughs> sleep. You know, one of those deals where you, <laughs> Like you I might had, as well not even go to sleep that Oh, night. it was brutal. <laughs> and uh, I was like, screw it, I'm up. Like, let's get ready and let's go have us a day. So I get to his place at like 3.40 and I text him, you know, and Aaron and I were texting the way up. And I was like, what do you think the odds are that he's even up yet? You know, these ball players, the they, they stay up super late, these guys. And I mean, they're always up. Their schedules are just all jacked up. And uh-huh. I've known this about Adam. He stays up late. And so I was like, he's, I bet he's still sleeping. So I text him. He answers right away. Yeah. I, uh, there's, there's a gate to his community. So I needed a code to get in to go pick him up. And uh, 340, 350, he popped out and we headed on our way, met up with Aaron. We got met up with Aaron and Scott at like 505 mm-hmm. and we got to the farm. We listened and uh, it was real quiet. Uh, I'm like, shit, man. Like I'm thinking this was, you know, I wanted to ki- kill one off the roost for him so we could mm-hmm. go have breakfast. And he's a big like uh, foodie. And, and so I was like, we're going to get breakfast. This is going to be a great morning. <laughs> Nothing. So we kind of start walking around and um, we finally do hear some goblin. We're kind of on a ridge top and, and there's uh, some ag fields down below us that we had access to. Yeah. And so we hear some goblin, and so we go all the way back around, and we start kind of making our way to where this turkey was and striking a few more gobbles. And Aaron goes up in front of us, and Aaron was, like, in recon in the Marines. Like, this guy, he's, he's the guy you want in front. Mm-hmm. He's a good turkey hunter. He is. He's a good caller. He's killed a ton of birds. He's a good guide. And, and I was glad he was with us because I wanted somebody he can, you know, use a mouth call really well and yeah. all that shit. So he gets, his, he gets a fan 
uh, and I'm probably going to get crap for us using a fan from the meme pages if they even care. But they're not going to give you crap <laughs> because it didn't work. Well, so Aaron, th- this is that's a good point. Like everybody thinks it's an automatic. Well, Aaron's got this fan and a and an ABN decoy, and we're behind it. He's got he's like, all right, get behind me, and we're going to walk. You guys hold close, each other's hips when you walk, basically. Okay, and so. <laughs> It's him, Aaron's short. Aaron's a shorty. And then it's Adam who's six seven. And him him <laughs> hunched him hunched yeah. over is still like five foot nine. <laughs> and so we got this fan out and and Aaron's hunched over walking behind it. Adam's hunched over as far as he can. He's ba- basically trying to walk on his knees, you know, like going forward a little bit at a time. I'm imagining this and hearing the Pink Panther music. Yeah. I'm behind background. Adam and then Scott's behind all of us and we're trying to stay in a line. And in my mind, I'm like, we're getting way too aggressive here because once we got into the open and this kind of road, this, you know, uh, it was a little bit of a road from one field to the next. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're way too exposed here. And we're right in the middle of it, heading right at them. And I'm thinking, we this is never going to work. And this turkey's out in this field strutting like three or 400 yards away. And Aaron's committed, man. And he's just kind of slowly walking forward. Was he calling or anything? Uh, at that point, I, a little bit. Not much, but a little bit. And uh, in my opinion, I was thinking we need to go set up on the – because the timber was right next to us. Uh-huh. I was thinking we'd set up sneak out, put a decoy out behind the fan, you know, get out behind the fan, put a decoy out and then get back over and then just start calling and try to get them in. Yeah. And, but, but I'm, I am not an aggressive hunter, deer hunting, turkey hunting. I'm just, I'm very much like dad. I mean, that's the style I've grown up with. Mm -hmm. Mark's the exact opposite, you know, very aggressive guy. They run and gun and they fan and they'll do any tactic they need to do. And they're good at it. And Aaron's kind of got that mentality too. So anyways, we're moving, inching forward and all of a sudden the turkey uh, slicks down and takes off running like he's, uh, like he's, what's that, that real fast. uh, Like the roadrunner? Usain Bolt. Oh. (laughs) like fast he He was gone and uh aaron turner i was like hey must have spooked on something i'm like what do you think spooked him (laughs) well it could have been us maybe a coyote or stab in the the dark i think it was us the choo-choo train of humans walking towards him so that was it that was the only chance Uh, we had all morning and we you know we went and struck a bunch you know the other parts of that property we went back down to this area we we saw there was a bunch of jakes you know and what's adam's attitude like oh when- he's the nicest he is genuinely such a nice guy okay uh, so he wasn't like it, sour it, like no hey, nice no job, he's a pretty happy-go-lucky guy okay. he's he's uh big into his faith and he and for him he said that a morning he needed a morning like this he doesn't get to do it often mm-hmm. uh when he's in the season and when he's in st louis he's like man i needed this just oh, seeing good. seeing the sunrise being around nature the birds chirping like mm-hmm. being with you guys you know he's like because we don't get to see him a ton either but we've had a lot of good camp experiences over the years because yeah. hell i think the first time i hunted with him was probably like oh seven oh eight Wow. And then he was injured 2011. He had Tommy John that year. And so we took him out. I think it was that was the year we had took him turkey on. And then like 2015, he's deer hunted with us. And, you know, so like it was just a good camaraderie type of yeah, thing. But he finally turns and he goes, guys, it's like, if you, if you want to hang out, He's like, we, we could go to dinner. He's like, he's like, if you want, you could bring your shotgun and just lean it against the side. Like we don't Let's have to keep here. this facade up of going out to, to get up so dang early, but he, he was a good sport about it. And they all had to, Aaron had to leave early. Uh, Scott and, and Wayno both had to leave early. I was going, I had a commitment up there. I had to go look at another piece of property anyways. Yeah. So it wasn't, we didn't get to hunt till one. We only hunted till like 1030 or okay. so. But it was fun. Sure. I mean, it's always a good time. You can't. Mm-hmm. It's never a bad time going out and turkey hunting, especially. It's yeah. not like deer hunting. It's, yeah. it's never a bad time turkey hunting. And, and that's kind of what I miss about the way that I turkey hunt because mostly I'm going out by myself, mm-hmm. sitting in a stupid blind for hours by myself. Yeah. Although this this year, I will say, like, despite the fact that I haven't killed anything yet, I yet. feel like I've spent more time scouting and observing and listening and just understanding turkey behavior a little bit better. Yeah. I called three long beards in at my buddy's piece. He's got a little strip of timber behind his house. It was just like, 
just like it's supposed to happen. They yeah. come walking in, strutting and stuff at 15 yards. And I got a little a little greedy with the footage, thinking that they would come in yeah. and work the decoys. But but that, that was another kind of aha moment for me is that even though they may lock in and come in to the near the decoys, it doesn't mean they're going to get in and among and fight the decoys. And that's, Well, if it's not the dominant bird, or there's a lot of scenarios there in that pecking order that might dictate that too. And, and time of the season, the amount yeah. of testosterone they have, yeah. and, and, I, and I like I end up not killing in that scenario, and I would just, you know, could have kicked yeah. myself because it would it just was perfect, yeah. except for the non-killing part. Yeah. So, But that's all part of the process. Part of it. Yep. Okay, well, our, our buddy John has a question for us in this week's question of the day. All right, the question of the day is proudly presented by Deer Grow. Just one two-and-a-half-gallon of plot start gives the effect of one ton of lime and works three times as fast. Holy crap, I feel like I'm a damn mathematician here. Let me go back through that. <laughs> I, just read, I just read numbers. <laughs> All right, so just one, so one container. That's a two and a half gallon container of pot start gives the effect of one ton of line. Slow down there, Einstein. And works three times as fast. That's now, if <clears throat> for you slow people at home, get the abacus out. <laughs> so we have one and it's a container. And in that one container, there's two and a half gallons of pot start. Okay. You still with me, Tim? I wrote it, so I'm okay. So this <laughs> gives you. the effect of one ton. You know how much a ton is? It's a ton. Like Two thousand ish pounds, something right? like that. It's like the size of a a big Two thousand car. Two thousand pound car. <laughs> and it works three times. Not one, not two, but three times as fast as dang putting lime down. Scott, you got that? Bring bring that over here. We got just so happens we got one right here. How many gallons is that container? Jeez. Holy moly. Okay. Oh, my goodness. All right. So this is liquid concentrate. For dummies out there like me, it's got all the directions on it. We've been using this stuff for a couple of years. Uh, Aaron Bennett turned us on to it for our food plots here you know, with Scott and, and, and myself. So we've been using it for a couple of years. But they did just come on board, uh, and Mark and Terry and the guys are also going to be using it uh, yeah. this, this uh, spring and fall. So super excited about that. They got a couple cool products. But it is a super easy way to go about kind of giving your plots the – the appropriate things they need. Yeah, especially for guys that aren't ag guys that don't have the you know a, a big you know a tractor and, yeah. and all the all the machinery that you need to that you would kind of sweeten up a field. That's a great. Yeah, you put that in your sprayer. Yeah, you're good to go. So, yeah, I mean, you you know, you could probably screw up the amounts of this or that. Just like other, anything. Yeah. yeah. So read the directions. Anyhow, all right. So let's see what John's got. Question, maybe more for Tim than Matt. Oh, thanks, John. Uh, in the morning, when you're getting ready to ride out to your uh, proposed hunting spot on your electric bike, are you using a red? Uh, lamp on the bike or a white one and then the second part of my question that kind of deals with this you're slipping in nice and super quiet how do you get your climbing sticks up the tree for your saddle without banging them around and, and getting them from ground to to where you need them before you hang your saddle thanks much for all you guys do enjoy the show and i look forward to seeing what you guys got yeah, yeah tim how do you thanks, uh, get in without getting banged in your saddle <laughs> Don't laugh, you guys, because it just encourages him. Uh, <laughs> well, John. <laughs> so I am a big proponent of no light if I can help it. Because typically, Same. I'm like the places where I'm hunting, I can't even ride a bike into. So there are very few places where I utilize an e-bike. An e-bike, although like the Bourbon Farm is, is a great is a great place to get in quietly. But if I'm going to use a light, I use a red light for deer. Same. Obviously, turkeys can see red, so it doesn't do you any good to use a red light on on a turkey hunt. But uh, but but red is my choice. I've heard people use green also, but but I'm pretty sure the deer cannot see red. So I, if I use a light at all, I use red. Same and in general, try not to at all. I mean, you get which in his case, I understand what he's saying. Like you riding those bikes in, we we did it a few times during deer season in the past couple of years. It's 
they they can be they can go fast, mm-hmm. and so you have to be very careful if you can't see. You know, you could easily run into something, a branch, uh, whatever the case may be, and flip yeah. that thing. So you yeah. got to be careful. So in his instance, you you do want to have a light of some sort on. I would go with red. Yeah. 100%. I've walked up on deer in the timber with a red light on. It's weird because, like, I've been downwind. I think they hear something coming, but they can't see. And yeah. you can see them plain as day, but they just can't see the light. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a crazy thing. Did so. you take the Rogue Ridge the other day hunting? Uh, if I were to kill, kill the bird. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 That's right. So we yeah, took it with us. We intended to use it Friday. And then once Adam came, I had, we ended up getting the tracker because there was four of us. So, oh, sure. but the plan was for Scott and I to ride in silently and just use that to go striking. We need to get some pegs for the road bridge. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Something to think about. So, speaking so of as, saddles, as far, as far as getting up into a tree, like with your climbing sticks, I uh, I like to put the climbing sticks up before I hunt because it can they can do a lot of clanging around. If I can't do that, then I'll clip them to my uh, to my saddle, but I'll clip them staggered. So they're not all hanging at the same length. So they're not all right there like a wind chime. Um, and they tend to make less noise, but I go slow, I go methodically, and and I'll put one up as as I as I climb the tree. But if you stagger them as they hang off your, because I, I I've tried different setups, I can't really put them on my on my backpack because you just can't reach reach back there and, and grab them. But just stagger them as they hang off the straps off your saddle, and that's probably the best way to do it. Very good. Oh, yeah. Thanks for the question, John. Yeah. Yeah, John, hit me up in the Rack Pack. Uh, shoot me a Facebook message with your name and address, and uh, we'll get you out a Rack Pack hat. Alan, how, how are we running on time? Hour six. Hour six. All Woo. right, let's skip the the wildlife word today and just get to the shout-outs and Rack Pack. And- let's do it. Big Hunter 08 gave us five stars on Apple Podcasts. He said, love the podcast, guys. Been watching Mark and Terry the last 25 years. Can't wait every week for the podcast to drop. Always a good listen and love the soundboard. Thank you, Big Hunter. Then he said, I predict Matt's killing a 180-plus next year and Mr. Tim's killing a 200 out of the saddle. Boy. Ooh, wouldn't that be something? Keep it up and best of luck this spring. It would be something. <laughs> I, I may get like a combined 200 inch year. Like if I add up all my deer, yeah, but I'm one year, you. not sure about that. All right. So it's been a while with the Longbeard Legend series. We didn't get to do any of the shenanigans. We got the Rack Pack. We're welcoming new Rack Pack members every week. And uh, it's been a few weeks since we've done this. So uh, the Rack Pack is a private Facebook group over. Uh, you just go to type in Drury Outdoors Rack Pack, I think. Yep. And it'll come up. Uh, and every week, Tim prints out a few names. Every week, I read them, butcher them. And every week, there's a fake one in there somewhere. And, and these are not everyone's names. Yeah, Usually we go in and <laughs> kind of take a scoop of a chunk of names yeah. that come in recently. So cool. we're sorry if we don't get everybody. All right. So we got Austin Spain. We got James Stevens. We got Jared Gracie. Jenny Cluck and Putt. I'd say that's the fake name. Uh, Brandon mm. Wildebear. Wildebear? Wilbur? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not that. Mike Johnson. Robert Burns. Howdy Border. Mm. No way. Jim Johnson. Well, I was sure it was Ginny Cluckenputt, but I think we have a couple that could be candidates. Poor Howdy. Howdy Border. I mean, according to Facebook, that appears to be his name. Brandon Wildeber. Wildeber. Either Wildeber or Wildhaber. Ah, the old Wildhaber. What's the Wildhaber? All right. All right. Jared Gracie's the fake one. Mm. Nice Mike job, Johnson. <laughs> There's never been a Mike Johnson yeah. in the history of We actually of have one that worked for us. Huh. was an editor here for years. We just got other Mike. That's right. All right. All right. Well, I think we've had enough for today. Yeah. Good luck on the rest of your season, everybody, if you're still out there slogging it out. Remember to enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey, but also identify those targets. Don't pull the trigger unless you know what you're shooting at. Be safe out there. We love yous. Peace out. DeerCast is now supercharged with maps. Get ahead of your game with killer new features like live Doppler radar, wind checkout to five days, virtual rain gauges, GPS path tracking, 
and more. Plus, get our 14-day revolutionary DeerCast prediction and access to DeerCast track. Prep, predict, and pursue with DeerCast.